the sword of the Spirit and the anointing of God. Welcome to the Faith Center Audio Experience Podcast. We are excited to have you listen with us today. We pray this podcast encourages you in your walk with Christ. Finding us on social media is very easy. Search at Faith Center C-O-G-I-C on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Please listen to the announcements very closely. We don't want you to miss out on any future events. Sunday school begins at 8.55 a.m. via conference call. If you would like to receive the lesson for next week's class, please contact us with your email address. Virtual midweek worship service begins at 7 p.m. every Wednesday. You can tune in via Facebook Live or YouTube.com forward slash FaceCenterCT. End of the week prayer call begins every Friday at 7 p.m. FCC Men's Department has a men prayer call that begins every Saturday at 8.30 a.m. Join us as the men of FCC pray for our needs at home and around the world. Follow us on social media outlets for upcoming events and updates. Sunday morning worship begins every Sunday at 10 a.m. You can tune in via Facebook Live or YouTube.com forward slash Faith Center CT. Faith Youth Virtual Trivia is on Sundays via Zoom meeting. Group A is ages 5 to 12 from 12 p.m. to 12.30 p.m. And Group B is ages 13 to 17 and held at 12.30 p.m. to 1.30 p.m. Please see Sister Kim Walker to participate. Youth and Young Adult Prayer is every Tuesday at 7 p.m. via conference call. Parents, encourage your youth to dial in. Throughout the summer, your youth will have a variety of events from cooking classes to virtual fellowship gatherings and more. Please stay tuned. And now for today's word from our Bishop Joseph Norfleet. We want to come to you on this morning uh, from the word of the Lord, which is found in the book of Exodus, coming out in the book of Exodus, chapter 14, verses 5 through 16. Once again, Exodus, chapter 14, verses 5 through 16. And the word of the Lord said, And it was told the king of Egypt that the people fled. And the heart of Pharaoh and of his servants was turned against the people. And they said, why have we done this? That we have let Israel go from serving us. And he made ready his chariot and took his people with him. And he took 600 chosen chariots and all the chariots of, Israel, of Egypt and captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And he pursued after the children of Israel, and the children of Israel went out with a high hand. But the Egyptians pursued after them all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, and his horsemen, and his army, and overtook them encamping by the sea beside Pihath Harath before bel Zephon, And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lift up their voice, lift up their eyes, excuse me, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. 
And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said unto the people, fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today for the Egyptians whom ye have seen today. Ah, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you and ye shall hold your peace. And the Lord said unto Moses, <coughs> excuse me, and the Lord said unto Moses, wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. But lift thou up thy rod and stretch out thine hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And, and, and I feel compelled this morning just to read um, at least that last, those two other scriptures, verse 17 and 18, because I want you to know the end of the story <clears throat> that the children of Israel did have the victory because that's relevant to you. It may look dim and grim, but the victory is yours in Jesus' name. Verse 17 and 18. This is the Lord speaking. And I, behold, I will harden the heart of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them. And I will get me honor, and I will get me honor upon Pharaoh, and upon all his hosts, upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gotten me honor upon Pharaoh, upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. The word of the Lord is so powerfully blessed and I'm so glad that the power of the word is translated into our lives today for we have the victory in Jesus' name. We have the victory in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Have you ever started out on a journey Knowing where you were going, you understood what it would look like. You anticipated, but you got lost. And when I say lost, I'm not just talking about from a directional standpoint, uh, going this way, taking a left here and a right there. But sometimes lost can mean lost when our, lost within our own thoughts, our minds. We begin to think, we begin to wonder and worry. Lost in our minds. And going back to the natural standpoint, even though we had a GPS and was following it correctly, you became lost or frustrated. Something unexpected, unanticipated, and unpredicted, it interrupted your normal flow, and now you 
are lost. <sighs> and you become indecisive, fearful, and as I said, lost in your worry. Frustrated because you can't meet your deadline. Frustrated because now you begin to question your very self. You begin to think, maybe I should have stayed where I was. And we begin to think further. No, I didn't like it where I was. I didn't like what was going on, but I knew what to expect. Maybe I should turn back. Come to let somebody know today, don't turn back, don't turn back. And so now you desperately need God to reroute you. That's one of the things that I appreciate about the GPS system when we're following that uh, global positioning satellite, uh, amen, uh, when you get twisted up and you don't know where you are and there's a detour here and what you thought was straight passage through this way, suddenly uh, you find it closed off. We hear our GPS begin to say rerouting, rerouting, that means <laughs> it's in the background working to figure out things looking at the overall picture and understand, having, having an understanding of the best route for you to take, then it gives you that best route. I thank God that he's able to reroute us when we mess up in our lives, when the enemy throws a monkey wrench in our situation, God is able to reroute us. Ah, yes. And so one of the things that I want you to understand very clearly, hear this. It is so important for the people of God to understand anytime you seek to rise above your present state, anytime you seek to rise above your present situation, there will be confrontation. There will be confrontation. It's almost as if there is a gravitational pull on you to keep you in that present situation. The Egyptians did not want to let the people of God go. That is why it took 10 different plagues to convince Pharaoh to let God's people go. Gravity doesn't want to hold on you. It takes an extra boost and you've got to continue going forward. And so whenever you are seeking to rise above your present situation, whatever it is, I know that you are facing and dealing with many different types and kinds of situations and circumstances. But if you're gonna rise above that, there will be confrontation. And there are at least two other things that you're going to need for sure. I want the people of God to remember this. Which, what else you're going to need is you're going to need not just faith, but faith in action. You have to be moving forward in your faith doing something. And then the third thing that it's going to take for you to be successful, to rise above your present circumstance, is that you're going to have to have endurance. You've got to be able to continue to push through, even though that gravitational pull is trying to hold you back. You've got to be able to push through. Hallelujah. And so God was well aware of the imminent threat that was coming behind the people of God. 
the impending danger that was pursuing his people. But our holy and sovereign God had already calculated in this matter. He had calculated the victory factor. Mm. I want you to repeat that after me, if you will, right there where you are. Say, God has the victory factor. And the wonderful thing about it is God himself is the victory factor. I've got God. I've got the Lord on my side. Hallelujah. He is the victory factor. That is what makes us different from the world. We have with us the victory factor. <clears throat> and so Moses was told to tell the people in verse 15 of that chapter 14, and this is key because this is where we're launching from. Moses was told by God to tell the people to keep moving forward. He says, move forward. Uh, I want to address the hearers today, the people of God, from the subject, keep moving forward. Uh, I dare you to say uh, to yourself, and if anyone's around you, say, I'm going to keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. And if we could become just a little bit like Joshua, who said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I dare you to say, as for me and my house, we're going to keep it moving forward in the Lord. Praise the Lord. Keep moving forward. Uh, dealing with the story today, uh, let me make sure that you understand what forward means, that which is in front of you. Forward is defined as the direction in front of you or directly opposite of the direction in which you came from. God wants you to move forward. It is understood that we move forward so as to make progress and to have a successful conclusion. At the end of the day, we are successful because we kept it moving forward. This, my brothers and sisters, is the direction in which God has in mind for our church today, Faith Center Church. Oh my, Faith Center Church. And for you, God has great things waiting for you. Ah, I wish someone would say that to themselves. Yeah, you, you know, when we're in the church, we talk a lot to our neighbor. Well, I want you to talk to yourself uh, on this morning. I want you to say, God has great things in store for me. And it's just ahead of me. Praise the Lord. It's just ahead of me. And so, praise God. You would think that by the people's murmuring, and complaining, you would think that they forgot what God had already done for them. You would think that they forgot the miraculous move of God. What about the 10 plagues? Did you forget the mighty hand of God? How he moved? This thing, this thing bothers me. We have to be careful not to forget what God has already done. And we know the story that as God brought them out of Egypt and continued them on their way, the people of God continued to murmur and complain about a variety of things. But this is significant because in the story of 
the people being brought out of Egypt, this is literally the first time that we see murmuring or complaining. But it was so fresh. God had just brought them out of Egypt. They're moving out. They're moving out. They'd seen the hand of God. How could we be so soon to forget the miracles, the wonders, and the blessings of God? Ah, people of God, because you must keep it moving forward, you cannot afford to forget what God has already done for you. Because if you do, ah, if you do, you are destined to repeat what gave rise to the need for deliverance. That's why we must always give God praise and thank God and thank God for what he's already done. This is why we must continue to, to testify. When we testify, we not only remind others or let others know what the mighty hand of God has done and how he's blessed, but we also remind ourselves. We remind ourselves. And this is why I'm reminded of Timothy Wright's song. I'm not going to try and sing it today because I want you to stay tuned and listen. I don't want to turn anybody off by my singing today. But Timothy Wright wrote a song, the late great Reverend Timothy Wright wrote a song by the name Testify. He said, I want to testify. I'm not going to sing it. I want to testify how he made a way each and every day. I've been set free. Got the victory. Tell of his goodness. Tell of his goodness to me, to me, to me. <laughs> See, when you speak out the testimonies of God, again, I say you affirm, you confirm, and you acknowledge the blessings of God on your life so that others can hear it. But I think as great as that, you remind yourself that God is still God. What he did yesterday, he's well able to do today. Hallelujah. Let's remember to testify constantly ah, of what God has already done. Ah, and one would say, well, these <clears throat> were the people of God. They are the people of God. Why do they have to go through this? I spoke on this matter many times, saying we have a common enemy. The enemy of God is also our enemy. Satan desires to sift you as weak, Jesus said to Peter. The enemy does not want you to prosper. Uh, and I've heard it said, he doesn't mind so much if you go to church or even if you read the Bible, as long as you don't put what you learn into practice. The devil is a liar. We're moving forward in the word of God. We're moving forward in the will of God. We're progressing uh, to please God, progressing to please God. Uh, and so we see that when you live for Christ, it doesn't mean that your life is going to be void of threat or that trouble won't knock at your door. But what it does mean is that we yet have the victory and that God is with us. And we gain, listen to me, we gain powerful experiences that you would otherwise never have. And those experiences of being delivered, those experiences of being he uh, uh, healed and helped, those experiences bless us that our faith is strengthened because the greater things are coming up forward. And when we get there, we already know the wonderful power of God. And so our faith has been increased. Hallelujah. And so we're able to conquer those things 
with greater ease and confidence. What am I talking about? I said that when you spend time with God, when, when you live for Christ, the circumstances that bring these experiences on may be uncomfortable. We don't like it. They were in a situation that for 430 years, they were in bondage. Well, in reality, for 30 years, they weren't in bondage, but the 400 years, they were enslaved because you know the story how Joseph died and a new Pharaoh came in that did not know Pharaoh. And so he treated the people of God differently. And so for 400 years, they were in bondage. That was not a comfortable situation. But God was about to bring them out. They had experienced that. God gave them an experience to let them know that the hand of God is greater than any other hand. God is able to do whatever is needed, whatever is necessary to get you out of where you are. You don't have to wonder how he's going to do it. All you have to do is know that he's going to do it. My God, know that he will deliver you. And we see this through scripture. We understand we don't necessarily like what we have to go through that experience. But in that experience, we see another dimension of God. In that experience, we see that God is able to prevail over this and to bring you through. Ah, an example, I think one of the greatest examples in the Bible is Peter. Peter got to walk on water. <laughs> But in order for him to walk on water, he had to endure the storm. He had to deal with the storm on the sea. Yes, Jesus was right there to help him. Praise God. And after that situation, you know how uh, he said, Lord, if that is you, tell me to come and I'll come. Jesus said, come on. Peter stepped out the boat and Peter began to walk on water. And he learned a valuable lesson. He learned that when you put your trust and your faith in God, there is nothing that you cannot achieve, even walking on water. You can defy the odds. You can defy nature when you put your trust in God, when you put your faith in God. Peter, because of that experience, was never the same. Hallelujah. Never the same. There is nothing impossible to him that believeth and totally trusts God. Even the focus of our lesson today, Moses and dealing with the children of Israel. Moses would have never had a mountaintop experience with God had he not run away from Pharaoh, had he not run away from Egypt. You know how it was on the mountaintop where he was talking to the bush, and the bush was burning all the time while talking to it, yet the bush was not consumed. See, this is how God is. God is a consuming fire, but he never burns up. Forever lasting, forever able, forever all-powerful, forever the healer, forever the deliverer. He never runs out of power. He never runs out of ability to do what's needed for you, my God. And so even Moses had to go through the trauma that led him to run away from Egypt. But look at the powerful lesson or experience that he endured or went through, my God, because of that traumatic situation. He discovered that 
God is in fact all powerful and that what God says, it shall come to pass. Somebody needs to know, I, I today, I don't care how long you've been waiting for it to come to pass. I don't care what you have had to endure. If God said it, you've got to understand and know that it shall come to pass. Moses, in that experience of God, because he lived for God, he learns that God is able, not only that God is powerful, but that God is able to empower man to do the impossible. Don't you remember when God said to Moses by asking a question, Moses was able to understand some things that he had never seen before. God asked Moses, Moses, what's that in your hand? Moses said, it's a stick, it's a rod. No, Moses said, stretch it forth. And you know the story, and I'm talking about on the mountaintop and how God built his confidence to let him know, hallelujah, that he was with him. The message at that moment was to convey that the power is not in the stick, but the power of God is with the hand that holds the stick. Mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. Whatever you put your hands to do, this is what God is saying. Whatever you put your hands to do, God is there to help you. God is there to uh, empower you. God is there to cause victory to come. It's not just because of a stick. God can use many different ways to bless you. There are times when we lay hands on folk and they're healed. And that's scriptural. It is correct. But there are other times that we can speak the word and healing will go to their home. Healing will touch their bodies wherever they are. Praise the Lord. And so the power is knowing that Almighty God is with us whatever we put our hands to do. Uh, and we know that Moses spent quality time with God on the mountain and wherever he was, he was spending quality time. I come to tell you today, you've got to keep it moving forward, but to be strong and to know that he's God, you must spend quality time with him. Yes, reading your word. Yes, praying and fasting and talking to the Lord, meditating on God and meditating on the things of God. Moses spent quality time with God on the mountain and wherever he was. We, as a people of God today, must spend quality time, even to keep it moving forward. Hallelujah. And in that quality time, God will dispense, God will pour out confidence, ability, strength, whatever is needed. God's got it, and he will release it. And so, hear me today, praise God. I've got to cut some corners here. But when you spend quality time with Jesus, eventually you will perform what I call a comparison analysis, a comparison analysis of yourself and Jesus. And if, in fact, you don't do this, a situation or a comment or a question will eventually come up that will cause you to self-examine in order for you to highlight anything about you that is not like Jesus. <laughs> mm. uh, we see, and we said, you know, whether a comment or a situation, if you don't do it, the Lord will help you. He will bring you to a point where you will have to 
self-examine, where you have to perform a comparison analysis. We find in Mark chapter 14, Mark chapter 14, verse 18, Jesus, when he had all the disciples together, it was important for them because Jesus was about to leave. And it was important for them to be Christ-like. That is really what it means to be a Christian, to be Christ-like. And so no doubt everyone there at the table and what we call the Last Supper thought that they had it going on. They were with the Christ. It's all good. But Jesus poses a question. or may, Actually, it's not a question. He poses a statement. And they all begin to ask questions. And that's how God does it many times. He will make a statement. And then we compare ourselves to that statement to see where we are. Jesus said, one of you here at the table, and I'm paraphrasing, one of you here at the table that's eating with me, one of you is a devil. What? Oh, Lord, is it me? What? Lord, what? what? He said it. In reality, he said it this way. One of you here at the table, you will betray me. What? Lord, what? What? We've been with you all this time. We know that you are the son of God. How can we? No. Lord, is it me? Is it me? So, we look within ourselves and check ourselves out. And this is good because God wants you to be clean. I said, this is good because, because God wants you to be clean. God wants you to come clean. And the only way that you're going to come clean is that you see what's in you. So that when you see what's in you and that it doesn't line up with what God is, what Jesus is, then you got to get rid of that. Mm, you got to get rid of that. And here's the key. This is the point that we must be careful in terms of how we compare and who or what we compare ourselves to. Because Jesus is the authentic Jesus. Nobody like him anywhere. Jesus is authentic. When you compare yourself, it must be with the authentic, not a wannabe, not a lookalike but it must be the real Jesus, hallelujah, the holy Jesus, the son of the living God, Jesus the Christ, the Messiah, the one who was promised to come, hallelujah, praise God. And so back to the story, the enemy or the Egyptians is in hot pursuit to capture the Israelites and to bring them back into bondage, to bring them back into slavery. This is how the enemy is. He wants to bring you back into slavery. He wants to bring you back into sin, into stagnation. But God says to Moses, you got to go forward. Tell the people, don't worry about what's in front of them. I'll take care of that. Huh. And so God strategically set this up. My God, he told Moses in the first beginning of this chapter, he told them to bring them to this place where uh, there's the sea on one side and the mountains on the other side. No place to run, no place to hide. It's a divine setup. And some of you all today, the very place that you're in, it looks like on one front is the sea. <sighs> It looks like, how can we survive if we keep moving forward? And then you look behind you. You don't want to go back. You know the enemy is just waiting for you, waiting to pull you back into your sin. 
But God says, move forward, move forward. And, and, and I want you to understand this. I, this is so key from the text here. If you read verse 15, a little translation or understanding, God said to Moses, stop praying and go forward. <laughs> it's in the text. Stop your praying. Stop crying to me and go forward. <sighs> Newsflash, some of you all know what you're supposed to be doing, but you keep praying the same prayer in order to prolong the inevitable. God is saying, stop praying and get to doing what you need to be doing. Get to doing what I told you to do. Go forward. Oh, my God, my God. God is saying today to you, people of God, keep moving forward. Keep trusting me. Keep depending on me. Don't go back to Egypt. That represents, Egypt literally represents scripturally, it represents the place of sin. I'm not going back to where I came from. I'm moving forward in the things of God. The blessings of God are sure, and they're ahead of you. They're in front of you. Somebody, I'm coming to tell you today, don't quit, don't stop, don't pause, but go forward. God then prophetically speaks to Moses and tells him to stretch out the rod over the sea and part it. Again, it's not that God is the stick. It is not that God is the rod. It represents that I've been with you all the time. One of the interesting things that I learned through study, I asked the question and I said this some, uh, some months ago that I wonder where, where did this stick come from? Where did this staff, this pole come from? Moses had it all along, even before he went up to the mountaintop, which lets us know that even before you come to that place, ha, God's been with you all along. Hmm. Safeguarding you, helping you, protecting you. He was there, the song says, all the time, hallelujah, waiting patiently for me. He was there all the time, and he's still with you. So God says to Moses, stretch forth your hand with the rod and part the sea. And what God was really saying is, do this, and I will show you another dimension of me. <laughs> Ah, Jesus, he's able to change the currents, to divide the waters, hallelujah, that you thought were going to drown you, that you feared were going to kill you. Don't worry about what's ahead in the future. You just follow the word of God. You keep it moving forward. He said, step forth your hand, part the sea. I will be there to do what needs to be done. He said, He's really saying, you know, waters, that's a boundary. It's, it's, it's a confrontation. It's something that is not easily dealt with or to go through, my God. But he said, I will remove all barriers out of your way. What kind of barrier are you facing today? He's saying, watch this. He's saying, I will cause you to walk 
in the middle of what you thought would drown you. <laughs> of what you thought would take you out. This is why David says in Psalms 23 and 4, Yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. They comfort me. People of God, keep moving forward. Your destiny is just ahead of you. Your victory is just ahead of you. God has already seen it, and he's trying to bring you to it. Keep moving forward. Dear God, I thank you so much for your word on today that you've given me for your people. I pray, Father God, that you would enable them to receive this word, not only with gladness, but with application that we would be doers of your word and not simply hearers. Lord, you know what you have designated for each and every hearer today. Cause that thing to manifest. I bind the spirit of fear. I bind the spirit of worry from your people in the name of Jesus the Christ. Oh God, bless us now with a newfound enthusiasm that we would know that Lord, you're not just in what we hold in our hand, but you are Lord there for us and with us that whatever we put our hands to do, we shall have good success as we follow you, as we keep moving forward in you. In Christ's name I pray, thank God, amen. Thank you for tuning in. Also, help us if you can to spread this word to the nations by giving. You can give the following ways. Cash app, dollar sign, F-C-C-C, Kojic. PayPal, FaithCenterCT at AOL.com. Givelify, FaithCenter, Kojic. Or mail in at 22 Crown Street, Meriden, Connecticut, 06450. We'll see you on next week.